Welcome to the Liberty Block. This is Alu Axelman. This episode is sponsored by The Silver Pool. Check out thesilverpool.com. Visit Silver Dave's store at 33 North Stark Highway in Ware, New Hampshire. He has these wonderful silver products that he makes, 0.95 and 0.99 silver, little bricks of all types, and silver bits, tiny one-tenth ounce bits. He has the best prices you'll find anywhere. Tell him the Liberty Block sent you for an exclusive discount for our listeners and viewers and readers. This is going to be another installment in the series of Articles of Secession. I wrote this book a few months ago. It's on Amazon for like six bucks. And I also want to put all of these chapters in this book into podcast and video form. And I did make all of the chapters available as articles on libertyblock.com for free. And what this book is, is the most common questions I got from state legislators, but also from concerned citizens, the most serious, concerning, legitimate questions about independence, about after independence, how our various systems would work. So in this installment, we're going to be going over interstate travel. Now, a lot of people are afraid that once New Hampshire leaves the Union, inevitably we're going to leave the Union or the D.C. Empire will collapse either way. If we secede, how will we be able to travel to other states? And it's a pretty legitimate question. So we wrote an article here. I'll link the article on the podcast. Overall, once I thought about it, I realized it wouldn't be that big of an issue as even I initially thought. I thought it might be a bit of an issue. But the the general premise of the chapter and the article is this. Overall, interstate travel, so people going between states, so New Hampshire and the rest of the Union, so New Hampshire into Massachusetts or Vermont or Maine, Number one, if they cut us off, they would be cutting off all of Maine. So it would be cutting off the the D.C. Empire. would be cutting off everyone in Maine and New Hampshire. So that's, that's you know, one former state and one state. So it's uh, millions of people. Um, and I remember not everyone in New Hampshire would have voted for independence. We only need two-thirds of the vote. So that's just one point. But the, the point I was going to make is the people in New Hampshire, we are a very libertarian state. We're libertarian especially on immigration, freedom of movement, and interstate travel. Even the, the conservatives and progressives are pretty libertarian on that issue. We all believe in freedom of movement here. Once we have the votes to secede, it means we'll be even more libertarian by definition because otherwise we won't vote to secede. So most likely by the time if it happens in, in a year or two or three, we'll be an even more libertarian state. We'll have you know around 100, 200, maybe 250 pretty libertarian representatives in the House and, and 10, 15 in the Senate and maybe a libertarian governor. So. And I mean ideologically, not the party. So ideologically, small L libertarians. Libertarians are the most pro-movement, pro-travel, meaning there would probably be little to no, probably zero restrictions, to be honest, on interstate travel. So from, from one side, we'll have New Hampshire will have probably zero restrictions on travel. What about the, the Union? What about the D.C. Empire, Massachusetts state government officials, um, D.C. Empire federal officials? Would they allow for freedom of movement? Well... For the last 10, 20 years, increasingly every day, they have been promoting total freedom of movement and even abolition, effectively, of the Union's borders. They have said time and time again, and they're on camera, video, recorded now with new technology, they're on video, every Democrat and even every moderate Republican and even many Republicans. So pretty much everyone in Congress and everyone in Massachusetts who are all progressives as well, even the Republicans there are pretty, pretty liberal. They've all said they believe that people, no human is illegal. Everyone should be able to travel however they want. 
They could not. I know they've been hypocrites before, politicians. I'm well, well aware. But I don't think they could get away with that level of hypocrisy of suddenly flipping on dime and saying, no, we don't believe that people should be able to move freely into and out of our union. I don't think that would fly. It would be, it would be astounding hypocrisy even for them. So that's, that's pretty much what I explained in the, in the article. It's, it's very short. I'll see if I have anything else in, in the article. Oh yeah, we, we talk about air travel, and I actually had a pilot who's been flying for a major airline for a while, then with the vaccine mandate, now is flying for a smaller airline who is not going to um, force her to get tons of vaccines and masks. So she helped me write the air travel part because she's more familiar with airplanes than I am. So, so for this part of the chapter, uh, she pretty much wrote, Overall air travel, well, let's see what she says. Um, we rely on an air service. It's important to understand very little will be noticeably different when traveling on an airline from a traveler's perspective. If you have a favorite air carrier, such as Southwest or Delta, you will still be able to use well-earned miles and travel on those airlines. In New Hampshire, we have two large airports that offer airline service, Manchester Regional and Pease Air Force Base, both of which offer tickets from a selection of a dozen or so airlines. Interesting, I didn't know that. In this case, nothing will be different when you purchase your ticket as long as these airlines still serve these airports. If you have ever flown internationally, you understand the process, and it's pretty simple. And then she goes on to say um, a whole lot more about why we actually should not worry about it, and she educates the, the reader a lot about how airlines work. Overall, um, there are agreements with, with various countries and everything. It gets pretty complicated. But overall, it would be very unlikely that they would cut us off. Again, we know the federal government, if we leave, might be sore, like after a divorce, they might be very bitter, and they might ask the big airlines to cut us off. Some might, some might not, but again, there's competition there. Airlines probably will not cut us off because they'll be cutting off New Hampshire and Maine and, and a lot of people from seeing each other. Um, and if they do, we would have an airport. So we would be able to have our own airlines, and because of competition, we would have our own airlines. Remember, New Hampshire has 1.4 million people. We have a lot of people who do have some wealth. They would create an airline. It, um, they would buy some airplanes or, or lease or finance or whatever, some airplanes, and they would create an airline, and we would start growing it. Um, but overall, to be honest, I think the airlines would keep serving us because it's in their interest because they would make money. That's a lot of flights in and out, and they want to make money. In fact, the public-traded companies, I think um, Delta, maybe Spirit, maybe Southwest, maybe American and United, they're all publicly-traded companies. Publicly-traded means they have a legal fiduciary duty to do the best thing for their shareholders. They, they literally have to. So if they cut off an entire state, all of New Hampshire, from flying in and out, that cuts off a lot of flights. Um, meaning they actually would lose money because they would be losing, I don't know, one, two, three percent of their flights from their daily routine. Meaning they'd be losing, I don't know, a few million dollars or, you know, a half billion a year maybe. They would be losing money for the shareholders. So that's probably, that's actually a, probably a, a crime or, or at least a pretty uh, civil penalty from the, the, the government. So essentially a crime. Um, from, from the, the FEC or, or um, SEC, whoever whoever uh, controls the publicly traded companies. So that's an issue as well I didn't think about. Um, let's see if there's anything else here in the article. I, I think overall it would become freer. We'd also have options to, to create other types of transportation systems, such as high-speed rail and all that stuff. And again, it would be funded by private individuals probably. So central planning doesn't work. We'd have private individuals who have wealth, and we would find a way to travel. But overall, the big thing is that air travel probably would not change a lot at all. 
Um, but obviously most travel is interstate. And again, people commute. You know, people go between here and uh, Canada. I know over the last few years it's gotten a little tougher, but people still commute daily. It's a bit more difficult, a bit more of a hassle than going to Mass to interstate um, within the Union, but people still do travel, I think daily even, um, between the southern border, the northern border of the United States. So I think it could happen, um, and it probably wouldn't be that bad. So if, right now, if you if you commute to Boston for work, you most likely will still be able to commute the exact same. There might be a tiny different um, checkpoint if Mass puts it up again. Are we? Are you putting up a checkpoint? Because I'm not. So it's it's like saying, um, I guess if you get divorced and you and you both have kids, um, will you still allow your kid in your house? And you ask your spouse, and she says yes. You say yes. Okay. So no issues. We both agree. You know what I mean? So both sides agree. Like, are you going to put up a, a checkpoint? Libertarians in New Hampshire will not. Liberals and mass will not. So who will? So, so okay, people people don't think about it. They say, oh, if you leave the union, you'll never be able to see your family in Boston ever again. Why? Technically, go explain why you think that is the case. I just explained. Liberals are the most anti-border people ever. Libertarians are the most anti-border people ever. I don't even know who's more pro-free immigration and movement, but they both claim to be extremely pro-movement. So I don't see an issue there. So let me see if I have anything else in the article here. Um, yeah, I think New Hampshire, worst comes to worst, we are self-sufficient anyway, but I do believe in specialization and freedom of movement, and we should be able to, you know, go in and out of uh, various states. And again, we, we would also want to attract workers, right? So we would have a great economy, and we would want more workers. We're already a great economy, booming. We're the number one economy in the union, um, as far as uh, by unemployment, by salaries, overall median household income, overall taxes, regulation, economic freedom. So I think we're number one right now. And and once we leave and no longer our federal regulations and federal taxes, we'll be better than number one. We'll be like, you know, super duper economy on steroids. So we would want more workers. We're growing. We need more workers. We're a growing economy. So we'd be attracting people to move here and work in our economy. So I think that about wraps it up. It's a pretty simple article, simple chapter of the book which is good because I don't have a lot of time today. Um, so check out libertyblock.com. I'll link this article. Please check out the book. It's super short, super cheap, simple. Buy it, review it on Amazon, please. I appreciate it a lot. And if you have any more questions, I do want to expand the book. So every time I hear a legitimate question, I'll expand the book with one more chapter. So just let me know. You can email me at alu at libertyblock.com or you know how to find me on social media. Until then, check out libertyblock.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day.